What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Alex De Silva podcast. We hope you are well and having an amazing day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to another episode. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. Now, let's get on with the show with your host, Alex De Silva. All right, we're here. We're live. And it's so good to be back, to be on another episode. And today I've got a wonderful guest, uh, Christopher. Christopher August. He is the CEO and founder of Guided Breathwork app Beats and Breath. And he also has a podcast called The Masculine Mastery. Highly recommend going and and, and taking a look and connecting. Christopher, lovely to to have you on board, man. Good Good to finally see you and meet you. Yeah, man, you as well. It's great to connect and thank you for having me on today, man. And just super excited to see whatever unfolds here and what we're going to dive into. So oh, it, I'm, I'm very much open to whatever whatever comes our way. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think, you know, um, for me, I always like to to open up the floor in a room, you know, to to you. Um, like yourself, I, I'm a big breathwork practitioner. You know, I hold space. I found breathwork, you know, a few years ago. And that practice, as you know, just develops and develops and develops and develops. Um, Recently, the last probably two weeks, I had uh, some of the most powerful experiences I've had in breathwork in in a long time. Um, So I'd love to hear your journey. I want to kind of open up the floor to you. How did you get into this? You know, talk to me about you. Like, who is, you know, Christopher August. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a very interesting journey as we've all sort of had our own ways of discovering these different tools and practices that help to optimize and, and amplify our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. And for me personally, you know, my journey started over a decade ago. I was working in the corporate world. I just finished my master's degree in business leadership and I was at this global tech firm. And, you know, in my mid twenties at that point, it's like, great on paper. It's like, I'm, I made it right. I got, Mm. I got a great salary job. I got a new car. I got a beautiful apartment. i get to take vacations here and there, get to travel for my job here and there. So, you know, it was great at the time. And you know, most of my weekends were definitely on the more party side, going out to bars. I was also a DJ, right? So I was having a good time, but mm-hmm. there, I hit a point, I hit a wall within myself where there was just this emptiness. There was just this, you know, perpetual state of feeling stuck and lost. And I knew deep down that there was something more calling me, but I couldn't really quite put my finger on it. All I knew at the time was like, I just wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make an impact in some way. I wanted to travel the world, all of these things. And a few years before this, I was handed a book. Perhaps you've read it. It's a very popular book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. And this book was gifted to me and it was really uh, sort of that that opening that happened when that book came into my hands. As I read through it, there was a remembering that happened. There was this way of all of these things that I knew to be true, but kind of put together in this text around past lives and reincarnation, all these things that I was questioning. 
But to take it one step further, you know, here I am in this environment where I just don't feel aligned, right? And I I don't like people telling me what to do and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I I wanted to find a way out. So I was praying. I was just show me the way, you know, asking source universe, show me the way. And so on the way home from my job one day, it was a Wednesday afternoon. I was driving on the highway and I saw a sign and on the billboard, it said, are you ready to answer the call? And in the bottom right-hand corner, it said sponsored by the Peace Corps. And so for anybody that doesn't know what the Peace Corps is, it's a a governmental American grassroots organization that helps um, people in different countries, over 80 countries. You go over there, you serve as a health business, agriculture, teaching English, whatever, whatever your assignment is. And so at the time, I didn't know what it was. So I went home and I Googled it and I was digging up all of this stuff and I was like, wow, this is very interesting. I get to help others. I get to make an impact. I get to travel the world. I get to live in a different country, checking all the boxes. So long story short, I ended up applying for that experience. Um, It took me a little over a year through all these tests. It's very rigorous. And I got accepted. I got a letter and it said, you have seven days to decide. You've been accepted as a volunteer in Tanzania, Africa. And so I at that point said, well, I went through this process. There's no reason I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up telling them I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm ready to go. So four months later, I'm boarding a plane and I'm going to Tanzania, Africa with 35 other Americans. And I spent two years of my life there, uh, working as a health and business volunteer and living in a small rural village. Nobody spoke English, no modern amenities, no running water, I cooking over a fire, uh, washing mm-hmm. hand my clothes by hand, taking bucket baths. So you can imagine the mm-hmm. shock, you know that that has, especially <laughs> when you come from the modern world where you have mm-hmm. internet and all these conveniences. So you know it was during that time, you know I was living very closely connected to the community there as well as to nature. And you don't really have much else to do, but to read, to write and to explore yourself. And so I started to get into meditation and yoga, uh, our Peace Corps volunteers, when we would meet up in different cities, we would exchange USB drives to like give each other movies and TV shows that we were watching, mm-hmm. but someone gave me a USB drive. And it had this practice called Kundalini yoga on it. Uh And I was like, oh, what's Kundalini yoga? And so I started to dive into this practice. There was a series of videos and that's when things started to click. And I was like, holy shit, because anybody that knows about Kundalini yoga, one of the core pillars is breath, specifically Uh breath of fire. Uh And by practicing this over and over again, daily, I was starting to see these wild transformations. My dream states were enhanced. Mm-hmm. My daily waking states were enhanced. And so that was sort of the, uh, catalyst. That was the beginning of my journey and starting to understand the power of breath and mixed with these Kriyas, of course. And so Years later, as I leave the Peace Corps, I ended up getting certified in somatic coaching and energy work and breath work, herbalism, all of these things. Mm -hmm. But the breath is the one piece that stuck, right? Mm -hmm. And I still do coaching and all of that, but breath work was that daily practice. It was that thing that really transformed me on such a deep level. And I knew that I had to teach this to others. And so that's a little bit about my backstory on how I got into it. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. fast forward to 2020, 
I met my business partner in Beats and Breath and Johnny. He's an incredible musician. And we created this technology and practice called Sonic Breathwork, which combines the primordial powers of breath and sound to uh -huh. create healing and transformation within. Uh -huh. And um, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey and I'm happy to expand on more, but I'll leave it there for now. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I I love I love that. Um, you know, just how we get connected to to the breath. Um, and I don't want to miss out on this, but it's so interesting. You said about many lives, many masters. About an hour ago, my wife and my older son we were all sat having some lunch, and we were talking about that very same book. Um, wow. Yeah, we we're talking about that very same book. It's so interesting, <laughs> and. Um, so it's interesting how, you know, how certain things lead us, you know, to to the journey that we're meant to go on. And I, I always find it really fascinating how, how, you know, how we get reconnected to the breath. But what always makes me laugh, and it is probably maybe, you know, uh, find some similarity in this as well, is isn't it interesting that you don't realize that the most powerful thing that you have is already within you? It's the mm -hmm. first thing you take when you're born. It's the last thing that you take when you when you go home, so to speak. And I interviewed um, one of my mentors and someone that I, I that's how I kind of got qualified, Dan Brule. And mm -hmm. I yeah, interviewed, no, yep. yeah, so I interviewed Dan a little while back and we were kind of just in this flow of conversation. And I said to him, one of the things I've discovered, you know, throughout the years of, of practicing is, you know, we are our own medicine cabinet. You know, everything that we, everything that we need is already here in this mind, body, spirit complex, every single thing that we need. And we were laughing about it and kind of joking. And I'd love to get your take on this because, you know, over the years, and you probably see this yourself, and I'd love to understand more about the depth of your journey and, you know, what you've discovered about yourself, um, you know, through breath work, because, this is one of the things I, I often say to people and I shared a post the other day that breathwork isn't something that can be explained. It's something that has to be experienced, you know, because when you just say to someone, wait, hang on a second, you mean me breathing can change and transform my life completely. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And you mean like I've got trauma, you know, from childhood, things that I need to work through. And you're telling me that me breathing through that is going to help me. And I'm like, yeah, it will. And I think for some people, until they've been through it, um, it, it just can't be explained, you know. And how has how's your journey been, you know, with 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 breath work? Because it is transformation. And um I'd love to kind of hear from you and sort of get your take on that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's more of that direct experience is what you're talking about, right? It's like having that felt pure visceral experience with the breath. And when you feel it, you're like, oh, I get what everybody's talking about now. Right. But mm. in its simplest form, you know, the way I like to explain breath work, right. It's literally an active form of meditation that's using your consciousness, your intention to breathe in certain rhythms in certain ways to create transformation. And, you know, for me personally and my journey, what I began to notice, you know, and just on a very, very basic level, everybody can relate to this. And what I'm about to say is that everybody in this world is in somewhat of a fight or flight response, meaning you're operating from a sympathetic 
state in which your nervous system is always activated, Mm -hmm. thus creating stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and so forth. And when you begin to slow down your breath and you begin to work with your breath consciously and tune into how you're breathing, is your breathing shallow? Is it deep? How is the rhythm of your breath? And the deeper you breathe, the more you're slowing down into that parasympathetic state, which you become more calm, centered, focused, and grounded. And, you know, most people, that's like the first thing they feel. If you just do five minutes, three Mm -hmm. minutes of slow, steady breathing, you will feel a complete difference and a shift in your mind and also the way in which you're feeling in your body and all of that. And so just on a basic level, you can feel that quite quickly. Now, if you were to continue to practice breath work, and as you've alluded to and talked about, you begin to see the the subtler things that happen specifically when it comes to emotional release, right? And so if we look at the body complex and the body itself is a wise, intelligent mechanism, that we often undermine and undervalue. We just don't really think about our bodies. We just put all this shit in it. We do all these things to our bodies that abuse it. But when we begin to tune in with our bodies and what I think the breath does the best is it brings awareness to the areas in which we're holding stored energy and tension. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to bring awareness to these areas, we begin to feel and our feeling is our superpower. Mm -hmm. And so much of our day is in the mind and the left analytical, logical mind where we're not focused on what we're feeling. But when you begin to bring awareness to what you're feeling, you begin to stir up the energy that might've been stored from 20 years ago when you had an experience and you didn't know how to process that wound or that trauma that happened. And now it's stuck within the energetic field as well as in the body. And so what the breath can do so intelligently and what I like to explain is it's almost like plant medicine where the plant has its sort of its own intelligence and consciousness. Well, so does the breath. When you breathe and you surrender to the breath, it goes to the areas that need healing the most Uh and therefore brings up all of that energy and allows you to sort of purify and and at times purge that out, right? Whether Uh I've seen that happen physically, I've seen some pretty wild experiences over facilitating over thousands Uh of sessions. (laughs) Sometimes that happens through crying, laughing, shaking, yawning, all of these ways in which the body can let go of that energy that's in there. And as a result, you begin to feel lighter, clearer, and more free within yourself. And so I guess, I mean, there's so many different avenues to touch on because then you can go into more of the spiritual aspect of breathing, right? And and we can talk about how breathing is breathing source, God, universe. It's breathing mm. all of life. And mm. when you're connected to that, you're connecting the heaven and earth and you begin to reach higher states of consciousness in which you can begin to then uh, create your reality from. And that's where manifestation comes into breathwork. I mean, there's so many different, Mm -hmm. I'm actually writing a book right now on, on these different aspects of breathing, but it's, it's quite profound and quite vast of a topic. Oh, it really is. And, and the thing is, um, this is something that I find fascinating about breath work is that there is no end, you know, to, to the discoveries, there is no end to the experience, but here's the thing that I've learned continuously is, well, that's who we are. 
through connecting with the breath, you continuously discover who you truly are. And I remember when I first got into it, um, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't something that it wasn't kind of by, not by choice. I was in a really bad place. I was struggling with addictions. I'd have, you know, suffered with addictions throughout my whole life and, you know, went through uh, some, some turmoil, overdoses, suicide attempts. And I was literally at the end of, of, you know, of the journey, so to speak. And uh, I met my beautiful wife and she was in recovery and she introduced me to meditation and my first thought process around that, because I, I was ignorant, but I was fearful. I was full of ego. I was full of trauma. I was scared of change. I didn't know what to expect. And so for me, that journey or the introduction of, let's just do a meditation. It's a guided meditation. My first thought was, the fuck's that got to do for me? It's like, this is hippie shit. I, what, are we going to be hugging trees? I was humbled because a few years later, I ended up having two more beautiful children. And one of the first things my daughter did naturally, she we were out one day taking her for a walk in the forest. We've got a beautiful forest where we live here in the UK. And she just went and just hugged the tree. And I just burst into tears. She had a little lollipop in her mouth. She went and just hugged this tree and I just burst into tears because it's the most beautiful thing in the world. But what that did for me is it showed me the purity of what we actually are society ruins us that's not how we're born we're born mm. to the purest form and the purest form is the creator right mm. and it, it 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 was a journey that you know once i started to kind of go through it another another thought process was you know, uh, what the fuck's God going to do for me? You know, all these years that I've been struggling and been mentally, physically abused and went through addiction, blah, blah, blah. What's he going to do for me? And when you connect with the breath, you start to realize who you are. And all of a sudden you go, you've been here all along. You know, you've been taking me on this journey all along. Now I see it. I know why you're not, you don't want me to kill myself. I know why you don't want me to overdose. I know mm. why you keep giving me this, this lifeline that never ends, but there's still forgiveness. There's still unconditional love. So the question for me was why, why is that? Why do you love me unconditionally? Why do you keep allowing me to do this? And the answer was, well, because I want you to see what I see. And that was mm. the the sort of the power of just you know connecting with you know with 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 that breath, you know. And it's such a such a beautiful thing. You touched on on plant medicine, which again I think connects beautifully. You know, I've I've had my fair share over the years of my bufo experience, which connected me to source. <laughs> that was that was. Yeah, that was my first experience with with the medicine, wow. and then I yo yeah, and it was a hero dose as well. It was a hero dose, so it was uh, it was that um, Mike Tyson moment where he didn't even have a chance to go. Oh my god, I was gone. <laughs> I literally hit source. Um, do you think you know what's your your views on on plant medicine? Because you talked about Kundalini, and I've heard. Um gurus and you know and, and other uh spiritual practitioners let's say who i guess it's not can kind of be a little bit against it against kind of plant medicine but i wonder if maybe they don't understand it because it's never been tried 
you know, a lot of sort of yogis and gurus, because obviously that practice really gets, as the breath does, really kind of gets you into, into that higher state of consciousness. But having experienced both, I, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but for me, when I experienced both, I've realized that we can connect, you know, to to source. We can connect to that high level of consciousness. We can receive downloads. And the most beautiful thing is, you know, we can go internally and truly find healing, you know, and really discover who we truly are. Um, is that kind of been your 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 experience? Yeah, I I I really yeah. This is a great topic to touch on. Actually, it's very important uh, considering the way in which society is moving. In, in especially if you see in in the U.S., there's a lot of sort of advancement in the ways of plant medicine and how it's being used clinically and all of these things. So I think it's definitely an important conversation. Before I touch on that, I just want to say thank you for sharing your your backstory a little bit. I think that's really beautiful to see that you've had that sort of experience and you know, now I've come on the other side of that and seen, you know, and, and just to kind of close the loop on what we were talking about before, one of the biggest things that I think beyond and why I created what I've created with our technology and sonic breath work and what we do, Johnny and I, the reason I've done that is yes, it helps to heal trauma. Yes. It helps to de-stress. Yes. It helps all of these things that we've already talked about, but one of the greatest things that it does and why I started um, sharing this in this way is because it connects you with your soul. It mm -hmm. lifts the valve, it removes the layers and it connects you and you interface directly with your soul, not the ego mind, the personality mm -hmm. that almost, you know, all the time likes to get in the way of our human experience and try to control and force and strive and chase and all of these things. But when you're interfaced with your soul, especially through the power of breath, you begin to see clearly who you truly are, what you've been referencing, which then takes you into your daily life. And you can begin to integrate that in a way in which you're living from this heart soul-based place. And from that place, you are making decisions that are in full alignment with who you are and why you're here. And that's what people are searching for. They're seeking that deeper connection and that belonging. And it's generally, they're trying to find it outside of themselves, but it's within the whole entire time. And so I just wanted to highlight that part mm -hmm. because that was really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's what, and we are seeing more and more, and I really want you to, to touch on the, the plant medicine as well. But one of the things I am seeing, and I remember when we went into, you know, a few years ago, when we went into the lockdowns and everything globally, and I was talking to my wife, both my wife and I, you know, have been working with plant medicines for, for a number of years. She's actually a, um, ketamine assisted therapist now in the Beautiful. uk she trained you know in the us and she's now doing this here in the uk and she's the first pretty much uh one of the very first other than you know the people that will do the trials who's actually she's kind of leading the way which is such a beautiful thing she's an incredible incredible woman and um you know and and the, the the thing for us is to be able to bring that healing to be able to bring that that reconnection and I'm finding that, you know, one of the things that I, I said during that time, I remember when everything started to unfold was when it, it's almost like the penny dropped at that moment for me as well. Something just shifted and it's almost like the veil wasn't just opening slowly. It was literally cut off and it fell. And I literally looked at my wife and just said, it's the pandemic after the pandemic. 
And I remember getting a message. I went into a journey with uh, psilocybin, um, went to see a shaman and, you know, we were doing a ceremony and the message came to me. She's like, we're preparing you. There's a group of us, you know, like yourselves, like myself, my wife and, you know, others in, you know, in, in our kind of tribe, so to speak, globally. And we're all being prepared for this, you know, pandemic after the pandemic. And I thought, Okay, this is going to impact, you know, because I do wellness and coaching like yourself as well. You know, I, I love all of that stuff. And um, I was like, okay, so what can I do? But I didn't realize what was going to unfold afterwards with, you know, all the communities and all this division. And now we're seeing everything that's happening now. And I'm going, you didn't bring this to the table back then. You could have shown me some of this stuff too, right? How important now you know is really bringing down that veil you know for 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 people globally because i think with the way things have unfolded people have been pushed into such fear into such trauma that you know one of the things i heard is that uh, it was a cia operative said you know that if you want to control and manipulate a nation you induce fear and trauma to to an extent where you know they they don't go internally to seek help and find you know the solution they seek that externally now the problem with that is when you do that to someone and you traumatize them to that level it's one of the hardest things to come back from you know so it, it, yep. how much do we you know do do we need this right now because i know obviously with what you do you also specialize around that trauma um area as well and i'm sure mm -hmm. you'll be seeing this in the us as you know as much as i'm seeing it here in the uk um what are your thoughts around that yeah it's it's a very interesting conversation because we live in a very uh, a pretty chaotic time in which time is accelerating and therefore mm -hmm. Things are coming to the surface much quicker, and what we what we've seen over the past few years is just uh, the the underbelly and the shadow of society being revealed on a mass level, mm. and that will continue to accelerate for sure. There's going to be a lot more shadows um, coming to the surface because the laws of the universe state in the sense that you know everything has to be seen, right? Like nothing mm. can be. It can't remain in the shadow or in the dark. It mm -hmm. has to come to the light and the light will illuminate whatever is not being seen in truth. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening with society and what we're going to continue to see is more of these things that have been going on for many years coming to the surface. And therefore that creates, um, if you're not grounded, if you're not centered and stable within yourself, it creates a sort of distortion psychologically and physiologically. Something happens within that person where it, it can either wake you up and you're like, holy shit, I haven't seen this all along. Or it can create a deeper level of wounding in which you go into more of a state of psychosis in a way. And you are in a place where mentally, emotionally, you are not operating in a coherent place. And I think what the messages you're receiving, I think is very similar to what I've received. And, you know, more of us have received is that the reason I think a lot of like, for example, you told your story about addiction. I've gone through my own challenges and struggles, not specifically with addiction, but uh -huh. just my own dark nights of the soul. Right. And uh -huh. my own sort of human adversities that we all face. Uh -huh. And 
the reason I have gone through that on such a deep level, the reason you've gone through what you've gone through is because you have to be in a position where you are fully coherent and stable and grounded to be able to support those that are going to go through the same thing, but maybe even on a deeper level because of what's happening in society. And so long story short, and I guess what we're coming to here is that it's very important to have tools like we're discussing with the breath um, to be able to really transmute and transform all of this energy that we're being bombarded with at all times. Um, because I do see uh, a lot more coming and there's a lot of shadows that I think are going to create a lot of um, a lot of distortion mm -hmm. and a lot one of those things is uh, is around the the ch child realm um, mm -hmm. and everything that's happened with the children. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be a big one and I think that's gonna be the one that's gonna send people into a pretty big uh, internal process. Mm, I think it, it, and you know what's interesting? This is the thing, isn't it? When you pull back the veil, you can't put it forward. <laughs> you can't close nope. it again. <laughs> nope. Oh man, honestly, I, I love, I love this journey. It's been, it's been, it's been, it's been very interesting. I've had my few yep. shares of, of of challenges I'm going through, you know, a healing process at the moment. <laughs> I've had spinal surgery back in September. I laugh about it now. I've had to learn to walk again. So I woke up in September completely paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> and I remember waking up and knowing it was just a knowing. Nobody could tell me otherwise. I'm walking again. I'm recovering 110% and I'm going to walk again. And um, the interesting thing about it is you talked about, you know, the, the, the children. And I remember when I see things, I guess it's just who I am as an individual. I, I always try to post things to, I don't force myself on, on anybody, you know, before when we were going through the lockdowns, you know, I, I, all the things that I was discovering, I tried to share and kind of realized that actually when people see, people will see things when they're ready to see them. For you sure. Know, they'll, they'll see it when they're ready. You know, we're, we're, we're all, you know, at different phases of, of our experience. And the thing is, as I start to understand now, we choose to be here. So it doesn't mean just because I know this, that you should know too. So it's been a very humbling lesson, you know, over the years. And one of the things that I have always asked is, okay, I understand that, you know, we're all at different levels of, of consciousness. We're all here to support each other as and when we need to. But with the way things have been unfolding, there are certain things that you go, well, okay, I can handle that. This is okay. But when things almost cross that threshold of being pushed onto people, yes, we have our free will. And I understand that every single one of us operate in that way. So as long as we consent that we're giving away that free will and there's nothing mm -hmm. anybody else can can do. But as you know, that can come with a bit of a challenge when you're in a system, you know, a system that operates under, a, you know, legal thresholds. Not every, Again, not everybody understands the things that we do when it comes to, to that perspective. So that in itself poses challenges. And when it started to get that little bit deeper, when and they're now bringing out books, you know, into children's schools, they are teaching children things that they shouldn't really know. They shouldn't even be exposed to at that age. I've got a five-year-old, a two-year-old. My son who's here today is going to be 26 and I've got a 19-year-old as well. So 
you know, I've 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 started I started young. <laughs> I had my son when I was 17. And it's hilarious because he he, you know, we're just spitting image of each other as well, especially now. Um, you know, but that's it's such a beautiful thing to see what an incredible man he's becoming. You know, mm. and he's talking about his beautiful girlfriend and, you know, and they're going traveling. They're coming, actually coming to America in May, you know, to do the, the summer camps and stuff. And, you know, this is one of the things I encourage. But for me, where I am starting to get slightly concerned and I saw something today, there was a TEDx. I didn't listen to it fully, but I just saw snippets of it. I'm not sure whether you saw it of a young, of, she looks like a young girl talking about pedophilia being acceptable. And it's a, I can't remember the word that they're using now. It's, you know, it's like a social conditioning. And I asked, you know, I asked the guides, I asked, you know, the, those who who are with me, okay, this is now getting to the point now where kindness may have to step back if these things are starting to be enforced. Because I had a conversation with my son and I said, we we're talking about this earlier on today. And I said to him, look, you know what I'm like. I love you guys unconditionally. I love humanity unconditionally. I know it's hard. I struggle with it sometimes being that kind of person that really connects with, with the heart center. But for me, there is a line that gets drawn where if you start to then affect my children and you're now trying to make this normality we're experiencing with women having to share bathrooms with men and we're hearing young girls, you know, who are being raped and abused because these things are, you know, schools aren't doing anything about it. I've seen the victory at the other end, but as you can imagine as a father, you know, it's, it, it can be challenging, you know, with being loving and kind when you're being presented with you know with with these situations um i just want to say one thing before because i want to open up to you and i want to just get your your view on this <sighs> one of the things that i was shown is that there is no right and there is no wrong i get it spiritually there isn't we've chosen this path we're all here to have an experience this is a school effectively earth is a school you know we're yep. here to have this free will and to you know we've all chosen this we have we don't really get to see it unless we wake up to it or when we go back home and everything gets revealed so it's hard because there is that spiritual side to me that knows you know the truth so to speak that knows that truth that actually none of it matters but then there is the human side which i guess is a little bit of the the ego that I guess separates me from that oneness that says, okay, I am still having a human experience. My children are still children and we've got to draw a line and a boundary. And this is the, the, the part for me at times. And I think any mother or father who really truly love their children or whether you're an uncle or an aunt or whatever it is, anybody on this planet would net. There are some people of course, who who are the opposite would never want to see a child harmed in, in, in any way, especially if you've experienced mental, physical, sexual abuse. So we're going through this at a minute and it's tough, you know, Yeah. where do we draw this kind of line, you know, and, and how do we, how do we navigate this? You know, as we're going into this, you know, because this is the bit where the human experience and the spiritual experience can be tough, right? When you open the veil and you kind of go, well, you're my brother. I know that you're doing something that's disgusting, 
when we're looking at it from a human perspective. But we know in spirit, the two people that are going through that experience chose that experience because this is the only place where you can have that experience because in spirit, you're not going to get the same. Mm -hmm. But try to explain that to someone who's been through it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very deep and um, very personal conversation for many people. And, you know, what I will say to this, and I appreciate your insight and reflection on all of this. And I too am a father, I have a four year old son. So I have this when it comes to this topic, like this is when the warrior comes out in me. So, and this is what I, the internal, let me just state this you know, being in having this conversation now, which is a very, um, I'm glad this conversation went in this direction. Cause I think it's obviously needed to come out, but you know, internally the battle I've gone through is similar in the sense of like, yes, yeah, seeing the grander picture and the, this, the spiritual aspect of, you know, this whole realm where really we live in duality, right there. Wow. We experience good and bad, right. And wrong and all these things, but that, that really is not a, uh, reality on the higher realms. That's just, mm -hmm. a, a, like you said, it's a play, it's a school. And so we're having to experience this evil, but also this beautiful good that's happening mm -hmm. in the world. And it's like this dichotomy that's happening in this sort of like push and pull internally. Do I speak up? Do I not? All of these things. And that's sort of the, the journey I've been on, but there is this part of me that gets so um, fired up. And it's this, you know, I like to refer to it. This woman I interviewed years ago on my old podcast, she talked about this term sacred rage, right? And when we were talking about mm -hmm. um, femininity and stuff like that, and the, the fierce feminine coming out and all mm -hmm. of that. And in a way, you know, that what's not put gender attached to that. Let's look at that as a principle an energetic principle that we have masculine and feminine within us. And so what's happening and what I'm feeling right now, uh, as an intuitive, as somebody that's very sensitive to energies, the earth itself is speaking very deeply. Um, and she, uh, being the outpicturing of the feminine, uh, is speaking to my internal feminine that is going through this sacred rage where it's like, I need to fucking share something because mm -hmm. right now we are getting to this point in which this shadow is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I want to state one thing, the shadows that we're experiencing externally they are also internally. It's the mm -hmm. manifestation. We live in an inside out realm. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you, if you are seeing something around children and pedophilia, that you are a pedophile or anything like that. Yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. stating that. Mm -hmm. What I'm stating is, is that the darkness that you experience on the outside is the same darkness that is happening within. And so we need to look at our own shadows and look at in parts of our life where we're in integrity and out of integrity and all of that. But on a mass level, externally in the collective consciousness, in the collective of humanity, we are going through this unveiling. And it does require at times to use your voice to share something, especially if it's impacting on this level and you're feeling it on a deep level where this, you know, we're talking about children here. And this is like the most innocent divine source beings that are on this planet and now being distorted and manipulated and controlled. And that in itself affects all of humanity. Oh. It affects the energetics of humanity on a big level, because if you get to the children, it has a ripple effect all the way oh. through. It creates trauma early on. Oh. And therefore you see, I mean, for example, like 
how many women, I swear every woman I've talked to, it's like, they've had some form of sexual abuse or some mm. form of, you know, manipulation by a, a, a man that has not fully looked at himself or has any sort of integration at all. Um, and again, this conversation goes so deep, but the point is, is that First, looking internally, looking at our own shadows, our own darkness, bringing light and love and compassion to those, those parts of ourselves that are still in the dark. And then two, if you feel called using your voice in a way that, yes, it may be perceived as anger, but doing it in a way that still is bringing this compassionate fire to it. Mm. And there's a, there's that, that's a, there, there's a very fine line there and Mm everybody has to go through their journey with that. And I too am going through my own journey with that. When to share, when not to share all of these things. Mm. But I, I, it's almost crossed the line at this point where it's like getting to be uh, too much and, and more voices of men that are doing the work, especially need to be heard and shared mm. those brothers that are doing this inner work, like yourself, mm. you know, using your voice to really be that steward, that protector of the feminine, of the planet, mm. of the children and so forth. So this, that's our, really our core duty, our core role as, as a man. Mm. I completely agree. I'd like to ask you, this is not going to be a, uh, what's a woman? What's a man? Like, it's not one of those kind of questions, but mm. I shared something online today, maybe yesterday. <clears throat> Actually, no, it's a poster I shared <laughs> a few days ago. I made a comment on, on a post and um, more and more people sort of liked it and agreed. And, you know, and then eventually you start to get, um, you know, you always get one or two that makes some kind of comment. And a guy basically said, you know, um, somewhere along the lines of, you know, so, you know, are you the guy that kind of defines manhood for every man? And I went, no, I said, that's, that's down to you as the man who am I to turn around and said that this is what a man is. But I think intuitively, and I think we also know that even within our brotherhood, even within manhood, there is a shift happening Mm. and you know as well as i do that as we continue to grow spiritually you know certain areas of us have to shift with it as well and i think this is that part where i think you you talked a little bit about that struggle i'm struggling with it a little bit at the moment you know with all of these things that are happening where there is that pull now because the the planet is in its fourth density which is love light you know, in service to others, you know, that's the evolution of the planet. And as we continue to evolve, we either evolve with it or we don't. But as you're evolving with that, you know, it comes with, with that sort of level of responsibility, Mm. you know, for, for the family and, you know, and, and to stay true to being a man. I'd love to get your, your answer on this. What is a man to you? You know, what is being a man? What is being a father? What is being a husband? What is being that? Because we are essentially leaders. And this is not in, in which I'm sure we, we can touch on as well. There is this now, um, oh, my son mentioned it, the um, toxic masculinity and toxic, you're a toxic person. That's kind of why, you know, you can't, you can't stamp that on every single man on, on the planet. You know, I did a breathwork session last week. I was the only man in the room and I was literally so 
interesting what you touched on about traumas experiencing, uh, sorry, females experiencing trauma. And I was literally sat in between uh, a load of women and, and my wife was across from me. And about three women shared and it came to me. And by the time it came to me, I literally just turned to them all and just said, men can be fucking pricks sometimes. They can. But that's not my definition of a man. And I sort of explained what that meant to me. What does that mean to you as we're moving forward now, especially in these times, as things continue to move forward? What's the your what's your take on how we can be the most effective, you know, to, you know, to um to bring the best solution to what's going on at the moment? Mm. Yeah, very multidimensional, multifaceted topic here, speaking about masculinity and and what I view masculinity as is a man that is leading both from the head and the heart, but integrated within his heart space where he is fully in uh, a state in which he is the leader, the protector, the provider of first and foremost himself. And is able to actually do the inner work to fucking sift through his own shit because, you know, we as men have gone through so much as well, the programming and conditioning. And in order to be able to be an effective leader in the world, to be that sacred, peaceful warrior in the world, we need to be able to have done that work on ourselves. And that means opening ourselves up to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to tap into that side and where I'm seeing now and the shift that needs to happen is integrating what I was speaking to before those feminine aspects. It doesn't mean Mm. becoming more feminine. It Mm. means taking the aspects of creation, of creativity, of intuition, of all these things that are already within us, because what's happened is there's been a paradigm shift. There's been a paradigm swing. We've been, this entire society, women included, have been in a hyper-masculine state in Mm. which we're trained into doing um, more and more and more and continuing to produce and produce and produce. And this just creates a distortion where we're not in a place of harmony and coherence and balance. Mm. And so what I see time and time again, when I have men's circles, when I have men's retreats, when I've, you know, most of my deepest healing has been done amongst men. And when men come together and can open themselves up from a place of pure truth and just bring that fire and bring all of that anger, that grief, that shame, that guilt that have been, that has been suppressed within them. When they can bring that to the table authentically and vulnerably with another man and look eye to eye in another man, something happens in that moment, something shifts. And so right now what men are being asked to do is to go into these deeply, um, uh, unintegrated places within themselves into their internal landscapes and come face to face with their shit, with their shadows, with their darkness, with their fears, with their limitations. And then when having done that work and, and continuously doing that work, then going out into the world and acting as a spiritual role model, a a, a, a man, a husband, a father, uh, a leader in whatever capacity acting as a spiritual role model for others that people can lean on to be that, that grounded anchored place within yourself that you aren't 
being phased by what's going on so much, but you can be that pure place of light that people can come to. And when they're struggling, when they're going through things. And I think it's really unfair to see, especially what you've touched on before that so many men just get looped into one bucket of toxic Mm -hmm. masculinity, but it's bullshit. I know plenty of good men. I know Mm -hmm. so many, all my friends, they're all great men that are doing this work. And Mm -hmm. so there are men out there and we, the men doing this work need to be a voice and we need to stand up more and share more of our hearts, more of our souls with humanity and know that this is perhaps some of the most important work to do on the planet right now, because we are up against a very powerful force of energy that is trying to manipulate our minds into becoming something that we're not. And so there's, there's so much here. I get fired up about this. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Oh man, listen, keep, keep going. I I love this stuff because I think it's important that we, I, um, you know, that we get this stuff out now, you know, it, 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 it's got to the point for me where I was talking to my wife and my son on the way here. And, um, I said to them, there's just like an internal, fire in me I'm, I'm i'm a fire sign anyway so there's like this entire fire in me and that's just like i just don't care anymore i just don't really i i'm not i'm not phased what you think anymore i've been through so much in my life you know even with what's been going on now that i'm just too busy living a great life to give a shit what you think do you know what i mean i can't walk you know, unless I have crutches, but I am living my best life. I'm rebuilding a life that I never thought was possible. You know, when I thought it is so interesting, like I kind of thought, wow, you know what? I've been through recovery. I've done all this plant medicine, bufo, ayahuasca, mushrooms, you name it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we've kind of been through it, but integrating every single bit of the way. You know, I don't live in the medicine, you know, even when we're serving, it's so key, so key, because this is something else that I find, you know, we can get so deep into the, into the wonders and the beauties of the medicine that we forget to live. And I think it was Ram Dars that said, you know, like once you get the answers that you need, put the phone down, put the phone down, go live. Now you've got the stuff you need, go live. And, and, I've gotten a few answers over the years and, you know, and, and I'm, and I'm truly grateful in, but it's, it's a, it's a critical moment, I think for us, not just as, as, as men, but also as well as women, uh, for us to unite, because one of the things that I constantly see is again, this, this division of men and women, you know, that sacredness. You know, when people say, oh, you know, what's, you know, what what is the creator? Is he a man or a woman? Well, actually, he's both. Because in this experience, he can't create without himself. So he needs the man and he needs the woman. You know, and that's that's that sacredness between us. That's the most beautiful thing that you can do, you know. And imagine that. Just let that, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this, just think about this. A creator allowed you to create yourself into this experience. Then you come here, you meet a man or a woman, and you create. And that beautiful woman gets to carry that life, which you both created for nine months, nine to ten months, and it births this beautiful experience into the planet. It's this infinite creation of life. And when you understand what that truly means and you connect with that, you will understand the urgency 
of these kind of conversations, of the message mm. that we're trying to drive here. It's not about hate. It's not about whether you're white or you're black or you're Jew or you're Muslim or I don't care whether you're right wing, chicken wing. I don't care. The things that we need to drive home here, and please tell me your view on this, Christopher, is it needs to stop. I know that there is this chaos and I know that we're going through at the moment. So as you said, that that light is really shining into this. But the more and more you can use that breath to go within, the more and more you start to discover that we are all one. We're starting to understand that more and more, right? Mm. But I think on a deeper level, on a deeper level where it's getting to the point where, you know, the darkness is, you know, is 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 coming out, you know, it really is coming out. But the and, and Christopher, you touched on this, that we have to go internally to be able to see that darkness. So when people see things as evil and somebody has thrown something at me before and said, well, where's your God now? I'm like, look in the mirror. Staring at you. You are it. How do we change this? Where's your God now? And I went, what do you what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change? And these are the questions I want you. I invite you to answer yourself that question. Ask yourself internally, what can I do better? What do I need to change? Because just because dark things are happening and those people are creating it doesn't mean that you are not capable of them. The fact is, Christopher touched on the fact that we can see it means that, that, that but there is a possibility that we can do it too. And if you ask anybody, and I'm sure Christopher will say, what would happen if somebody molested your son or your daughter? The first thing that pops into my head is I'll kill them. And that would be every single mother and father. But what, what, and, and please tell me if I'm wrong in this, how does that make you different from the other perpetrator? If you're willing to go that dark, to take someone's life. And this is, this is that turmoil, right? And I'd love mm. to get your take on this because, again, this is where it can really bring more chaos, more anger for people, and people who don't really understand it can go into the. Well, so you're, so you're, you're defending it. I'm never defend something like that. What I'm trying to do as a collective, because this is what we are, we're collective consciousness. Have you ever read the Law of One? Oh, of course, love that book. Talk about mm -hmm. the, you know, the honestly, that book for me was just, oh, it's beautiful. And, you know, it talks about that, you know, us as a collective consciousness to be able to come together. And this, this is the challenge now. This is where we can come together to really make not just an impact now, but in, in the future of, of who we are as, as a humanity. Mm. Look, you know, what I think it all comes down to and what I feel this whole conversation, which has been beautifully, I love how the way it's unfolded. What is needed the most right now is to connect with our own humanness. Mm -hmm. And why I say that is because let's just take the spiritual community, for example, everybody's trying to transcend, ascend and reach higher states of consciousness. That's great. You will return there. You will be there once again, but what we need right now the most is 
descension. And I say this because we need to descend into our humanness, into our feeling sense, into our emotional awareness and states to be able to then ascend. But the process of descension is going through the grief. It's going through the anger. It's going through the shame. It's going through the guilt. It's going through all of the things that we don't want to feel and when we can do that, when we can go into those places that are uncomfortable, that cause discomfort, that cause pain within us, and we can come face to face with that and shine that light on that, that is when we become stronger, more resilient. That is when we step into our power, into our authority, into our leadership. But we can't bypass it any longer. We can't just set it aside and say, this doesn't exist. We need to go directly to it and we need to find and tap into that source that is within us because underneath all of that, underneath all of the shadows, underneath all of the darkness is the gifts. Mm -hmm. And those are the gifts that we then take and we emanate, we use in service to others in the world, but we cannot go and step aside from that. We have to go directly into it. And we have to, once we do that, we are able to then see our external reality begin to morph and shift because we are living in many parallel realities at once. Mm -hmm. Everything you think, everything you feel, everything you believe creates a world. And so mm -hmm. when you go and do this deeper level of work and inquiry and you go within yourself, you are essentially shifting energy, which then you are shifting vibrational states and therefore creating the different worlds that you live in on a daily basis. And as a result, people opportunities, resources, all of these things begin to show themselves as a result of you doing this. So it is the most important work. If there's anything to stress from this conversation, yes, it's to go out into the world. It's to use your voice, to be in your passion, to live your truth. But it is also your duty, your sacred responsibility to go within yourself and do this work. And as a result, everything else will shift because of that. Mm, absolutely. And what do you think with... Because I think a lot of people, and one of the things that I'm seeing as well, is no battle, no war, no fight is ever won. You know, it, it, because you're you're fighting fear with fear, anger with anger. You know, unless you're you're having a conversation and you come to a solution, which is then coming from a place of love, kindness, compassion. You know, and that's when we can then thrive. And because we're going through this turmoil, there seems to be a lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And when people are speaking out, sometimes those that energy can be, you know, leaked because we are, that's what we're exchanging, right? We're exchanging that energy, you know, some people consciously, some people unconsciously. Um, the biggest fear that we see, that I've seen uh, here in the UK, I'm not sure if it's, if it's kind of the same where you are. The biggest fear when people are talking to me, sometimes I say certain things and, you know, someone might message me or someone might say to me, yeah, I completely agree with you. And I'm like, well, why don't you say something like, well, you know, I'm just always worried about what other people are going to think or they're worried about their job or they're worried about the family or their friends because it's the community, isn't it? You know, it's the old tribal mentality where people have been. And now it's, it's, it's a bigger problem because it's not a tribe anymore. Now it's a, it's a, it's a global society that you know we're living under this system that has been governed, you know, in, in different countries. And it's almost that the fear is if you speak out against it, everyone's going to turn their back on you. 
Cancelled. Cancelled. Yeah, this is it. Cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do we, how, what's your thought process around that? Because we all do need to speak up. And when you're, and, and this is where it, it comes into the spiritual element, the breathwork element, and I guess connecting in mind, body, spirit, um, to still put out that message, but we, we doing it without fear, doing it without shame, doing it without guilt and understanding that no matter what happens to you, you will find a tribe. You will never be cast out and be on your own because I think that's people's biggest fears. Mm. It is the, and I'm glad you brought that up. And at the core of all human desire, you know, as a coach yourself, you know, me doing this work, psychologically, you start to understand the programs running within humanity and you start to understand the core of human desires. And at the core of human desires is to be accepted, to be heard, to belong, to be loved, mm -hmm. right? That's what we all desire. And so when we're going against sort of the status quo in a way, and we're speaking against that, we're essentially psychologically, perhaps unconsciously putting ourselves at risk for people to turn against us and us not have the support that we desire, the, the belonging, the acceptance we desire. And so we're going to do everything we can to avert that from happening. And so from just a pure psychological standpoint, that's why humans don't do that. Not to mention from a grand society point, we've been programmed to not speak up, to not share our truth, to be complacent, to be small, to do all of these things. We've been, that's what we've been taught since we've been small. Uh, whether we realize it or not, subconsciously, that's what's happening on a daily basis oh. in the messages and the information coming out in our schools and our educational systems. Oh. Everything is taught to be a slave to the fucking system oh. and to just follow orders. But what happens when people break free from that? Well, that's oh. when you begin to start to, and I'm going to share a very short story here, something that happened years ago in an experience I had. So back in 2016, 17, my partner and I, we had uh, started this movement of sorts. We were in the, in the plant-based and the vegan realm. And what we were seeing was we were seeing all of the angry activists and the vegans and all of these things. And I understood from their perspective at the time, because I was eating and following a plant-based lifestyle. Yeah. But what we were trying to do because we were coaches is bring a level of personal and spiritual growth to that realm. Uh -huh. And so we created this massive summit. I think to this day, I don't, I don't know. I'm not in that realm anymore, but we were in this massive summit, had thousands of people on that we created online. And most of it was great. Got a lot of love, but a lot of it was like, not a lot of it, but a small portion of it was hate. And some of these words, things where people were sharing were fucking mean, man. Like, and I wasn't prepared for that at that time. I wasn't fully integrated in myself and who I was in my own power uh -huh. to be able to take on all of that energy being directed towards me at that point. Uh -huh. You know, our message was, Hey, like, 
your anger and your just continuously all your rage that you're putting out there, nobody's going to listen to your fucking message. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to, it's just going to go one ear out the other. You mm -hmm. need to work on yourself and share a message from a place of compassionate truth that yes, you can still share your truth, but do it from a different place. Mm -hmm. Long story short, you know, all of these things that we were sharing and trying to shift within that movement, we took on. And I, as a result, went silent for like three, four years. I didn't mm -hmm. say anything and I didn't share much of myself because mm -hmm. I was, I had a underlying fear of what other people would think. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a beautiful testing moment for me because it actually showed me the parts of myself that were in a place of abandonment and rejection, mm -hmm. which that core wound of rejection, which is one of the main core wounds of humanity, that in itself was rearing its head. And so I had to really recover from that and, and really find that place of power within myself. Whereas now I don't give a fuck what I say. If I say something and it, it provokes you beautiful, that's mm -hmm. a place for you to go in and inquire about why you're provoked or why you're triggered about what mm -hmm. I said. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and now it, it it feels like anytime I share something and I think about what I share, I don't just say things off the cuff. Mm -hmm. I really give thought and heart into what I put out there. Mm -hmm. But if I do say something and somebody comes back, I can compassionately work with them and get them to see like, Hey, this isn't mine. This isn't me saying something. This is something to do with you mm -hmm. and something that's happening inside of yourself. Mm -hmm. I just happen to be the catalyst for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I look at it now. I don't know if that answered your question, but I just felt called to share that. Yeah, no, I love that. And, it, and it's, it's so true because you you talked about, you know, veganism and, and I, you, we're seeing it now, you know, that you've got the the vegan movement, the carnival movement, or you're a veggie or be like, yeah. Just be intuitive with yourself. It's just, it this is, that's it, <laughs> that's it, man. This is it. This is it. And this is what I've learned myself because I went from, I grew up in Brazil, so we eat meat. And, but I've also eat rice and vegetables and salads and loads of fruits. And I came here and went through a little bit more kind of growing up of we'd only eat chicken on a Sunday because my auntie was veggie. She'd eat fish and she'd eat some chicken. And that was, that was kind of the, the, you know, the story, you know, throughout my life, I've kind of always had a bit of a balanced diet. And over the years, we, my wife and I decided to go vegan. You know, the game changer on Netflix. We were like, hmm, you know, maybe we should give this a go. And we did it for a few years. Didn't work for me. Didn't really work for her. And we, you know, we sort of changed up a little bit. And one of the things I've always noticed, you talked about, you know, the, the extreme, you know, there's always an extreme somewhere. And one of the things that I've discovered, you know, I did the carnival for 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 a number of times. It helped me with with my stomach. I've always had really bad stomach issues and I had to kind of stop the vegan stuff because it was really making it worse for me, unfortunately. But what I did in the end, I found a nice balance and it's worked for me. And I've discovered that, you know, extremism is a lack of self-inquiry. You know, this is one of the things that I've I've discovered, you know, and I've been through it myself, you know, of sometimes uh, being a little bit judgmental. And I see it sometimes in in society that people just get so pissed off and angry about the smallest little things. I got um, 
I got, because uh, I'm part of this, uh, I, I experienced a, a condition called Corda Requina syndrome, which um, affects the, the spine and it presses on a Corda Requina nerve. And if left for too long, which is kind of what, what happened, uh, thankfully we caught it in time, but it can leave you completely paralyzed from the waist down. You lose complete sensation if you don't get it in time. I lost complete sensation, but thankfully we, we got there in time. And through all the work, breath work and everything that I've been doing, healing and working out, physio, so on and so forth, I'm, I'm, I am where I am. But like you, I'm one of these people that I like to share positivity. So I started to share in, you know, in these groups. And yesterday or the day before, I shared a post. And honestly, I got like attacked. Act with people who eventually started accusing me, saying that I don't have this condition and it's a lie, you know, blah, 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 blah. I need to be careful. And what what you said there about, you know, other people needing to go within is what pops into my head. But one of the things I also did sometimes is my wife always says to me, pick your battles. And if you don't want to get in the ring, don't go in the ring. If yep. you don't want, if you don't want someone to, if you don't want to get into a fight, just don't jump in the ring. And that sometimes pops into my head because the old people pleaser, you know, the old, that tribal mentality where I want to be, I don't want you to think that I'm a bad person. You know, that inner child thing sometimes kind of comes in and, but it's, today, thankfully it's very flitting. It kind of comes in and it comes out. And in the end, I just went, oh, do you know what? I can't be back to be arguing with, with people. But here the, here's the thing that I find very beautiful about society. Other people started jumping in and almost like defending me because they've been following my journey from the beginning. And I said it to my wife and we we're talking about it today. And I guess my point to to, to the story, which maybe touches on to, to yours as well, is don't ever think that you're alone. You know, don't ever think that you're alone. There's 8 billion of us in this planet. And the majority of us don't want any of this bullshit. You know, we want to live a happy life. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be able to grow our own food. We don't want to be told what we can and can't do. And the beautiful thing about all of these things that are happening, if you're worried, this is why breath work is so powerful because it allows you to go within. You don't have a choice, but it allows you to go within it in the place of when you start to work through the layers, right? You start to go through the layers, which in our human time is 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> and you go through those first layers, the rest, if you allow yourself to let go, it's bliss. Bliss in a sense that you're going to experience what needs to be experienced and the body, the mind, body, spirit will connect and, and shine through the things that need to be looked at. If you allow yourself to overcome through fear, just like what's going on in the world right now, you will see not only the light, but you will find wonder, yeah. you know, and it's, it's so important right now, you know, that you, you truly connect with people like Christopher, you know, and, and others out there who, who are sharing, you know, beautiful messages who, who have, you know, that knowledge around breath work that can take you on this journey, that can show you the way so you can ripple effect, you know, this, you know, this, this incredible medicine, you know, 
and it's and, and thinking back from this perspective i saw this beautiful message i won't do it justice it was a priest had this whole room full of ceos crying like children and he was talking about if you don't believe in god if you're an atheist just think about the words yahweh when you breathe in you breathe in yah when you breathe out you breathe out way close your eyes and do that as a meditation. Just use those words. Honestly, I remember when I started doing it, I burst into tears. There is something to do with that that allows you to connect into a place that you cannot describe with, with words. And unfortunately for us, our word, our language has been completely mumbled up. This is something that happened thousands and thousands of years ago, which is why we all have different languages. And you will start to learn and realize these things that the reason we've all been broken up, we've all been separated, is to create this chaos. You think these things have been happening, what, over the last 50 years? This has been repeated over and over and over and over again. But they figured something out which was almost perfect to them. Almost perfect. The part that they're missing is the heart center because mm. unfortunately what they've created is perfect is perfect in a society that allows people to grow to learn to grow to develop if this society was to work in a way that we can all flourish one percent of the world's population wouldn't have 99 percent of the, the world's wealth because the thing is, and we can see it now, how all this money, so it's not even money, let's say it's currency, that's the truth of it, because it doesn't have any actual value. It has zero value, but they can keep printing it and printing it and printing it. And they, and I've heard something being said um, that now apparently, you know, our children and our grandchildren and our great, 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 great grandchildren are going to be paying this debt. And I went, based on fucking what? It has yeah, no nothing. value, but you know what it is? It's energetically. Yep. Energetically, they'll keep stripping you because what they do is they'll consume from you. They'll consume your mind. They'll consume your body. Eventually, they now they want to take your spirit and they get you to buy things, to be in fear, to be angry at each other, to be divided, whether you're a vegan, whether you're carnivore, whether you support a football team or an American football or whatever it is, what color you are now, what pronouns you want to use or you don't want to use. It's all sucking the energy out of you. My wife says it beautifully. I said, you're leaking energy. Yep. Yeah, it's like an incubus. It's a sucking away all of the energy that it's an energy. It's an energetic vampire. Yeah. And I think if we were to kind of bring things full circle here is it's that one of the most important things we can do aside and a part of going within ourselves is what I'm about to say. It's reconnecting with your life force energy, with your power. Mm. When you can reconnect to that source that is streaming within you, flowing within you at all times, the breath is the ultimate tool, in my opinion, to reconnect with that power. Plant medicine also has a way of doing that, but mm. really reconnecting with it and living from that core, living from that place, because you can't be fucking swayed either way. You can't be swayed into the, there's always going to be an attempt of division and separation, but you can see and go beyond that. If you are stable and grounded within yourself, if you are grounded in your core power, and from that place, you're unfuckwithable. Nothing can mess with you from that place. So there's nothing to be, you know, I, I spent years kind of like 
um, especially early on when I was getting into all the conspiracies and all of these things, mm -hmm. which it's like great to see all these things. And I still love a good conspiracy, but yeah. you know, the thing is, is that I used to get, I used to put myself into a place of worry and fear where mm -hmm. it's like, Oh fuck, all this was going to happen. And it's like, I was externalizing so much and giving my power away to everything mm -hmm. else outside of myself. Whereas when I began to really come within and just start to own who I am and my own power. I'm like, whatever, the world can crumble, but I'm fine within myself. And as long as I'm fine within mm -hmm. myself, like that's all that truly matters at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. as a result of being fine with myself and being in my power, the reality of this world crumbling is not even going to come into fruition or existence because I'm not going to be aligned with that type of world. That's going to do that. That's why I'm so optimistic mm -hmm. about where things are going. I'm not Same. worried about the fucking end of the world and no. things. I'm not worried about any of that. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the place of fear mongering. I'm in the place of my power. And I know that, yes, I'm going to have to see through the glass walls of everything that's happening on the outside chaotically and yes, I'm here to be an anchor and a source where place where people can come and receive support and inspiration and empowerment. But beyond that, like, I'm not worried about it. We're all mm. good. Everything's going to be fine. Mm. And when you approach it from that place, you begin to create a reality, a world that is fully aligned with that vibrational state. And it's kind of what I was talking about before. Mm. Your vibration is everything. And the breath mm. has the power to shift that on a power on a massive level. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I think just to add to that as well, when you shift away from, from fear and you go into strength and courage and love, what you also recognize, you know, I um you know, I lived this life of scarcity. That's what it was. It's a scarcity mentality. You know, I grew up, you know, in a very poor family growing up in Brazil, humble beginnings, beautiful family, but very humble beginnings came here and I've, you know, managed to sort of build something, you know, really beautiful for myself and it continues to flourish. But I grew up for a long time, even as a, as a, as an adult, as a man with this scarcity mentality. And when it shifted for me, when I realized that like this hoodie that I'm wearing, it's temporary. One day, if this doesn't get donated, it will end up in the bin. You don't own the body that you look at every day. This is a temporary vessel that we get to have a human experience in. And we hold on to this thing like we, you know, like it, it's, it, it means the world. It doesn't mean anything. Your job is to look after your mind, body, spirit to the best of your ability. Fuel this thing to the best of your ability. Fuel it with unconditional love because the brain, which is the most powerful thing on the planet, remembers and stores everything. And when you go within and you connect with the brain and the heart and you start to then connect with everything else, you're now creating stories. You're now creating memories. You're creating things that not only are you're teaching to your own children, but this goes beyond because you understand that, yes, this is temporary. And as Christopher was saying, none of this really matters. But you are such a powerful individual. And I'm like, I'm going to say it. You are a God. And this yep. is how we were viewed previously. We are gods. And some of you may laugh again. Go, oh, no, here we go. He's gone mad. But you don't know that until you realize it. Why are you a God? Out of this body, you think of something. 
it happens instantly. We talk about, you talked about breathwork and manifestation. Touch on this after. When you think of something, at times you can manifest it like that. Just like that. There are certain things that may take a little bit longer, but you can visually see this thing clear as day. Clear as day. You can see it. You can touch it. You can smell it. But because you're in a human form and you're on a planet where the density is heavier, you have to work at it a little bit longer. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen for you. As Christopher was saying, he can see the end. He can see the victory. He doesn't need to worry. I'm exactly the same. I sit in there and go, knock yourself out. You don't believe in it. Okay, that's okay. Thanks for sharing. Have a lovely day. Love you always. Cool. You'll be in my prayers tonight. Mm. What else do you want me to say? But when you realize that you have that within you and you start to realize and you don't have to, to do anything with it, you can keep it to yourself quietly if you want to. Unfortunately for me, maybe for Christopher too, I like to shout about this shit because the more people that can hear this and hopefully the more of you that can really truly understand who you truly are, you will start to realize that what has already been created can be created 10 times more, 10 times better, 100 times, infinitely more. Why? Because as Christopher has touched on time and time and time and time again, when you vibrate at a higher level, nobody at a lower level can touch you. They may try, and the only way they get to you is if you leak the energy out. That's where they get you. So consumerism, system, all of these things that are there to suck your energy, compare you. Brené Brown says it beautifully. Comparison is the thief of all joy. Mm. And it's true. You're created in perfection. It's only the system that has ruined us throughout the years. When you truly allow yourself to, to, to become what you already are, this is where you will shine. And I say this to people, honestly, I came from fuck all. I am not special by any means. I am because I know who I truly am. But what I mean by that is I don't have a wall of degrees. I don't have, do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm exactly the same as you. So the things I'm sharing and I always share, like probably Christopher too, it's been tried and tested. It yep. worked for me. I'm just paying it forward because someone was kind enough to give it to me. Mm. Yeah. I think what you're beautifully said, brother, uh, you know, I think what you're getting to, it's like, I read this, I, I don't know who the quote was. Maybe it was from the, so I, I, which again, a whole nother topic, but we can get into it or not uh, around the gene keys. I'm a big gene keys practitioner and I love the gene keys. They're beautiful wisdom teachings, but there was a quote. It says, when you stop worshiping God and become God, that's when your life begins to change. And that's what you're talking about, right? It's like, we, we want to worship something outside of ourselves, but it's like, no, come back within. You are the God. You are the creator. You are the one. And it's like, we have so much resistance to that idea that we are the one, but, and that we are all the one and that we are all these fractals of this one source, right? Mm -hmm. So you are the God. And when you become that, you start to live that. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's where the, and it's not from a place of ego and trying to force your 
your stuff on anybody else. It's more so just, it's a knowing it's an energy that you walk with in the world that you embody that doesn't have to say a fucking word. It doesn't have to say a thing. It just is. And when you become that, you watch how everything begins to transform around you. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Talk to me about this, this, Mm -hmm. this practice sounds, it sounds, I haven't actually heard of it. So Oh, yeah. Yeah. Touch on that. So the gene keys uh, in its essence, which again, this is a whole podcast in itself. Mm. So I've been working with the gene keys for the past six years. Founders, Richard Rudd. He's actually, uh, I think from Cornwall, not (laughs) probably far from where you are. Um, And he created this uh, system for lack of better terms of self-discovery and it blends astrology and the Chinese I Ching and -hmm. the 64 archetypes of the Chinese I Ching Mm -hmm. to help you better understand who you are, why you're here and how you're meant to serve. And the premise of the Gene Keys is that within your genetic code, within your DNA are these uh, codes, these gifts that are when contemplated and inquired, when you begin to do this work, they unlock and you realize, and you become more of who you are and you begin to share more of your gifts. So there's 64 gene keys, um, that are based on the 64 archetypes of the I Ching and each gene key has three frequencies. There's a shadow frequency, a gift frequency, and a city frequency Mm -hmm. city being the highest flowering or potential of that, that archetype. And so in your profile, you have 11 keys and it goes through this sequence, this journey that takes you through the activation sequence, which is all about your life's work and higher purpose. The Venus sequence, which is all about opening your heart and relationships and healing your core wounds from zero to seven, seven to 14 and 14 to 21. Mm -hmm. And then the triangle at the top, which is the pearl sequence. And that's all about liberating prosperity in your business and your relationships and your life in general. So when you combine all these sequences and the 11 keys in your profile, and you go through this work, you begin to see deep and profound transformation. So I uh, have been doing and working with the gene keys, like I said, for several years, um, I'm a jinkies guide. So I do jinkies readings and I also combine jinkies and breath work, which is a very powerful practice for mm-hmm. contemplation and understanding it's really taking these teachings, but then applying it through breath work. Right. So it becomes a beautiful practice. Mm-hmm. So overall, um, it's been a massive, uh, transformation in my life. And it's this like, call it my Bible. It's this thick book. Right. And so oh, each, nice. there's your okay. gene keys in here. You could get your free profile at genekeys.com mm-hmm. and you could read an overview about your exact profile. But this this work I can't recommend enough. It's super powerful. Oh, I'm definitely gonna have a look at that. Oh, yeah. it's dude, That's... you 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 would you would you would love it. I can yeah. already tell. Oh yeah, it sounds sounds a mess. I'm definitely gonna go and have a little look once we once we're done. Cool. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Talk to me about your your sonic breath work uh-huh talk to me how how does that work and you know what's how um what's the word i'm looking for how does that kind of dif- differentiate from other uh, modalities of of breath work yeah and you know um yeah thanks for the question and and just to kind of put this into context like we're not doing anything new when it as it uh-huh. pertains to sonic breath work it's all sort of been done in the sense that we're using 
ancient pranayamic breathing practices. Mm -hmm. But what we've done is we've orchestrated it. We've constructed and co-created this technology in sonic breathwork in a very unique way. Now you have other breathwork practitioners using music and breath together. They combine very well. Mm -hmm. But with the way we look at it is that breath and sound are the primordial forces of the universe. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to combine them in a very intentional and conscious way, you create something, a third energy that helps to heal, awaken, and prosper. That's sort of our motto at Beats and Breath, heal, awaken, mm -hmm. prosper. Mm -hmm. We begin to create these shifts internally. So the way that Johnny, my business partner, mixes the music is that we're taking these ancient instruments, right? He has mm -hmm. flutes and goujons and harps and all of these things that we mix together with 808 trap and hip hop beats, right? So you get this like blend that makes it modern yeah it's like ancient future but mm. then we layer it with solfeggio frequencies and binaurals and so through that um you know aspect which we're talking then about sound healing you begin to create internal shifts from a brainwave standpoint from a nervous system standpoint um, from a whole mind body standpoint then you pair that with the breath and boom it's it's like a rocket ship right i call it meditation on on rocket fuel it yeah. just sends you to a new place and so yeah we've had a lot of fun creating this uh this together and uh you know what i've seen throughout the years now and testing this and facilitating this medicine in many spaces is mm. just the profound healing and transformations that take place i get messages pretty much every single day from people and i'm humbled to receive these messages of people saying you know they've healed what feels like hundreds of years of trauma they've mm. had profound breakthroughs of clarity and on their purpose and why they're here. And they've had inner, uh, actions with their ancestors, right? Like mm -hmm. just so many different things that it's like, wow, it's a really amazing when you are put pure intention into creation and what you do and mm -hmm. to see the outpicturing of that. And so I don't take sort of like claim of it. I just sort of and say that I'm a channel and conduit for the medicine and know that I've been put on this planet for a very specific reason. And I just own that. Mm -hmm. And that in itself then creates a ripple effect. I stand back and allow it to happen, but I'm grateful for the creation and, and what it's come to. Oh man, that's, that's beautiful. Where can, can people find you, Christopher? People want to, yeah talk to you they want to reach out to you they want to get to, to to the app and you know possibly experience what you do how can people reach out to you yeah so if people want to download the app it's free to download on ios and android it's called beats and breath you can go to beatsandbreath.com um find us on instagram if you want to reach out to me personally instagram's great at christopher underscore august or my website christopheraugust.co and um yeah i mean everything can be found through those pretty much yeah Final words of, of wisdom. If you had to leave the world, what would be your, your message? Hmm. One of the number one things that come through is remembering your power, remembering to breathe, remembering the sacred, the sacredness of your breath and what that does for you. And what that can do for you to heal, to catalyze, to bring you into the knowingness, the remembrance of who you truly are. 
And above all else, remembering to love yourself, to bring compassion to yourself, to allow all parts of yourselves to be fully seen and to bring your full self to the world in every given moment, whether that's your energy you're emitting, your essence that you're emitting, uh, walking through the streets or sharing your voice and your gifts with the world and knowing that you came here for a very specific purpose and that those gifts are meant to be shared with others and that those gifts gifts are meant to be used in service to the collective evolution of humanity and that all of us are bringing a part, a very unique part of ourselves to this world to help ourselves and to help others expand into the greatest versions of themselves and that you have everything every single thing you need within yourself. And if there's something that you need on the outside, whether it's more love, abundance, prosperity, peace, all of that, that can be found first within. And when you can find that within, you will find that without. Perfect. Thank you so much, brother, for being part of this journey. Thank you so much for, mm. for coming on today. Uh, it's really, really really beautiful to to share this 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 space with you today and i hope we get to do it again i mm. really hope we get to do it again guys i hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and go and connect with with christopher and let's connect again on the next episode and i'll see you guys very very soon take care Thanks for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can overcome issues caused by mental health, go to alexdasilva.co.uk. That's www.alxdasilva.co.uk. See you on the next one. Be great, be fantastic, and be absolutely phenomenal. Take care.